Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Aloha and namaste. Welcome back to another episode of Yoga Revealed Podcast. This is Alec Shaw Rubin, and I am so grateful to be on the planet with you. On today's episode, I am excited to introduce you to Bryant Wood. Bryant is an inspirational speaker, master breathwork practitioner and teacher. With the transformative experience of being a former model and bodybuilder turned yogi, Bryant travels the world sharing his unique perspectives on body, breath, and mind awareness. He's the co-founder of Modern Nirvana, a company that catalyzes transformation in people's lives in order to take control of our spiritual and physical well-being. Bryant is here in love. Enjoy today's episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. Namaste Yoga Revealed podcast. Welcome back to another enlightening episode of not only how yoga was revealed to someone, but also how we're illuminating that which yoga is in our lives and sharing this wisdom. One interview, one human to the beautiful soul that you are, wherever you are listening and tuning in from. Thank you so much for being here. It is uh, my excitement to connect us with this new beautiful brother in my life, Bryant Wood, the angel of air. And uh, just such an incredible human just the moment you hear his voice you know that wow he's he's in his heart so brian thank you bro thanks for being here hey thank you alec and um i love you whoever's listening so grateful to be here um and i'm really excited to go deep 
I love Let's it. do it. Let's I love it, it, man. I love it, man. So, you know, I love to stay in congruency with what Yoga Revealed is. The first question that I always ask is, how was yoga revealed to you in your life? Mm. You're going to love this answer. So I would say right before it was revealed to me, I was diving deep into, you know, what makes me happy. You know, I was really trying to understand the mind, the level of the mind. And I was just so much confusion and turmoil and distraction um, that it led me to meditation, you know, and then through meditation, you're, you identify with your thoughts. So when you first get into it, you realize you're actually not those things that are surrounding you. So I'd meditate, I'd meditate for like three hours and I would go through each thought and try to reframe each thought and think of it in a more positive way. I'm like, what is the highest perspective on the situation? How can I forgive myself and all parts of myself that would do the things that I did or someone else that would do? Mm. And it took me hours. And then I, I remember I was at the Oregon Eclipse and I saw this really incredible magical being. And I had, I had done yoga before, but it was like a bunch of wrestlers in Bikram trying to sweat and lose weight for some championships. That's what we were doing. Um, and I, but I saw this being named Reese, Maurice, and I know he's one of your dearest brothers. Yeah. Oh my God. I love this. <laughs> I love it so much. And I'm sitting there and I've always been really in tune with energy. And he comes into our camp and within 30 seconds, and where there's 30 people in this camp, within 30 seconds, he has every single person laughing and smiling and dancing and like in ecstatic bliss within 30 seconds of this human being entering. And he's, he's not like, he doesn't come in right away and does this like hurrah. He's, he's slithered in. He found the rhythm grounded with everybody and then elevated everyone's souls. And while he was doing that, he didn't even know me. He came over and gave me a massage. I was like, he just did 30 things at once. I was like, all right, this is really cool. So I, I was like, you know, there's a lot for me to learn here. You know, someone that is a master of commanding that energy. I'm really interested in that. And what is the um, techniques that you have or what have you practiced to get to that level of mastery? So I followed him for two days in the forest in Oregon. And we would go to different groups and all we would do is just spread love and kindness and like uplift people and compliment people and dance with people and be present with them and see them. And it was, it was how I always knew to express myself, but in a completely... Um, expanded way. So anyways, flash forward three months, I'm living in LA. Um, I have this beautiful place in, in the Hollywood Hills, closest uh, balcony to the Hollywood sign. And I was like, Reese, like, do you want to come live with me <laughs> and teach me about yoga? I, I want to I learn about yoga. I was like, this is something that um, is so incredible. And as a wrestler's body, it's very tough. Like I wrestled for 10 years as a visual and wrestler. Oh. so much aches and pains, um, so much tension, so much stress. And in wrestling, I had an actual college coach tell me that. He's like, don't stretch because it keeps your um, explosiveness when you don't stretch before a match. Because you're, I was like, oh, that makes complete sense. And then later on, I'm like, that made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> made no sense at all. Yeah, we did. It was a different time back then too, you know. Um, so anyways, Reese flies out and every day we practice yoga. And he puts me through like very simple practices. But what, one of the things that I noticed is when we dropped it and grounded first, any music that would be playing, you know, like beautiful symphony of music, um, you know, we all feel, we all know that beat that takes you higher and higher. He would be exactly on rhythm with the beat that is presented, with the breath that is embodied, with the flow that is experienced. And I'm like, whoa, there's an aspect of reality that is in oneness with all, especially when you're in servitude. And that was like, how do I learn this? How do I get to this? You know? So we practiced for months, months, months. 
And then eventually he's like, all right, you're ready. It was like just initiation after initiation. It's hilarious. And he takes me down into the woods and he, he shows me the 10 Tibetans, which is a breathwork style. Are you familiar with it, Alec? I'm not. Oh, yeah, very powerful breathwork style. It's 10 different uh, Tibetan breathing patterns, and it's supposed to wake up the kundalini. Anyone out there that's listening to this, you know, also be mindful with these practices. I would do it if, if it says like three breaths, the seven breaths, do the three breaths first, just because you're going to activate a lot of energy within your system. Um, and you don't want to do it all at once. You'd rather ease into these practices. So he took me through it after I had already been practicing the asanas for, you know, a couple of months previously. And he just electrocuted my system with complete presence, right? This, this breath work did, right? It's the modality itself. All teachers are a channel for these modalities and it gives us the power to heal ourselves. And I was just so awestruck. I was like, I'm going to dedicate my life and each moment to mastering my breath because this is delicious. This is incredible. This is such a gift to myself. And this is actually the dictator of my experience or a majority of it. Um, so that was originally how I found yoga. And again, I'm not here as a master in the movements or even the philosophies, but in regards to the breath, and just not leaving a stone unturned, I have dove in deep. <laughs> you know, I really, really practice. I'm really excited to go a little deeper into the, the breathwork access that you've, you've dove into. I want to address a few things. One, when you said, I committed, I devoted myself to learning this. To me, in Native American traditions and sweat logs, there's this, um, this approach called the giveaway. And what we give away can never be taken back. And I see that in a similar way when you say, when I say, when I said 10 years ago, I devoted myself to studying the subject and the art of yoga and serving such. Same, same. We can never take that back. I don't feel so. I don't believe it's possible because spirit has injected this consciousness into our soul in awakening, right? So that, that's how I resonate with that. And then two, Reese at Oregon Eclipse, I was camping with Reese and I guarantee you we met because if you came over to Reese's camp, I was probably there. <laughs> Yeah, you guys are just a camp of superheroes. Oh, <laughs> amazing. What a journey, dude. What a journey. I love that. I love that so much. And Reese, just for the listeners, one of my best friends will be on Yoga Revealed soon enough. He's in my backyard. I'm in his. So look forward to that. And Brian, so breathwork. Breathwork has clearly been the illuminating factor that brought this new light into your life. You said something mm -hmm. as well. Were you not always in service to yourself? When did you, when did you wake up to service? Like, and what does that mean to you? Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And I would just go back to when I was a very kid, I was always friends with the kids that didn't have friends. I was mm -hmm. always kind of this warrior of light. Um, my first charity event was the Special Olympics. And I remember I was coaching this kid named Alex and we weren't supposed to like want to win, but we were winning everything, you know? He was like my dearest friend at the time. And then after that, you know, so many homeless documentaries, so many different charity campaigns. So the essence of servitude in regards to um, just giving with my whole heart has always been there. But what happened was you learn that, oh, by giving, I also receive. And also if I give, I look a certain way and that look looks good. And I can also receive from looking good, right? So there's, when you get too far into the world, there is a distraction and um, a confusion in your impeccability. 
where you miss the alignment of why I'm actually doing this. The why that I'm actually doing is because of the state of joy that it brings me before the action even takes place and way before anything that you receive in return. That is not even a real thing. You know, that is a byproduct of just enjoying the present moment. Mm -hmm. So yes, I was always in servitude, but I also was an actor in Hollywood on multiple TV shows. I was a modeling all around the world. I was on, you know, Tyra Banks, America's Next Top Model. I was, you know, I, I was doing all these things that put me way into the world to want all these material things, to desire more, to get way off center and identify with the things that I was doing and what I was achieving as if that's all that I was worth. Wow. So now I'm back though. That's why I had to do the meditation because I, I had, it took me, I couldn't, I didn't have a silent mind. I was going like, ah, you know, and I was a kid, I was like praising Jesus. I was Christian. I was like blessed by the Holy Spirit. And I was so used to being in that state. And then eventually we, I lost that. I missed my vital life force energy and I just got kind of engrossed in reality. And now I'm, I'm back to this, to this presence, this co-creation, this, um, this peace. Right. And, and, and it's so beautiful that you've returned there. And I mean, we will go into this returning or when you returned and what you're doing and what you're creating and what you practice to be able to have these massive gifts that are rippling out. And also, I think there's something really potent to go into from, you know, because we see as society, those who have all the things and the materials and the shiny objects and this and that, and it looks so good. And you had that. And then it sounds like you, you, to an extent, correct me if I'm wrong, this is an outsider's perspective. Were you being um, kind of like seduced by the Maya by, mm. and, and I'm curious for you, like in that, what were you, what was it like looking on the outside? And then when were you able to have this awareness to be like, wait, I am not that thing. And I am not the dollar amount in my bank account. And also, whoa, mm -hmm. like what was yes. that? Can we navigate that a little bit? Yes, 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 yes. Um, so, and then just for everyone listening, Maya meaning illusion as well. So the illusions of life and how they can distract you from, from the center of what you are in your essence. Um, when you identify with anything in this reality, um, you confuse yourself and you give your power away from that when really you're just completely infinite. Um, so I would say every single step is part of the awakening. As you know, there's multiple awakenings in this one. And I like to think of it as you're not ascending. Your spirit grabbed you and it's pulling you up. <laughs> Like, it's like, no, 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 it's time. You know, I got you. I'm not leaving you behind. That is what the feeling was for me. Um, because I got so far into the world with material possessions, um, I, more so acquiring things in a way that I wasn't proud of. I would say that is the essence of that. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, my awakening was so dramatic. It was literally a punch in the face from the universe because it was like, listen, you have to know that you're, you have to know so deeply that that is not it and that there's so much more that you have yet to discover. Um, I, I need to let you, and I can go deeper into it, but I need to let you know that it's time to, for you to reassess your path. And after that moment, gave away all my belongings, quit my job as an ex executive at artificial intelligence company. I, I'm pretty sure I threw my wallet in the trash can. Like it was like ridiculous. <laughs> And I remember after I quit my job, I went to my assistant and I gave him this beautiful Montblanc pen that I bought with a ruby on it. It's a beautiful pen. And I gave it to him. I was like, hey, you're going to really enjoy this. And he looks me in the eyes and he goes, you know what I loved about you most? Your spirituality. 
Like, oh my god! <laughs> like right after I give him a pen, he just gives me the best compliment ever. You know, he recognizes the soul. Um, so I would say, you know, being in the illusion also isn't bad, and ignorance is bliss. And they only say that because you don't know what you don't know. And if you know you could do better, you would do better. Um, the good thing is, by the grace of God, we're given all this pain and suffering as a mechanism to refine our desires and align us back with our soul. Mm. There's a process here. And dig deep process. Yeah. And we all get that awakening moment in so many different ways. Like for, for you, it was this process. And for, for me, it was, um, I'll just be transparent taking a lot of psilocybin in high school and uh, moving through what I also had as, as just, I was spoiled and I had no gratitude and I had a, mm. I had an awakening moment. And then a couple years later I had a new awakening when my best friend died and, and I, w- I had to move through this experience and it's beautiful. We, we, I, I really, I resonate with your journey, man. It's, it's really sweet. So what was your first approach to breath? Like, how did, how did you realize like, okay, like the yoga injected this awareness into me, but then you're like, wait, I'm going to turn all these other stones over when it comes to breath work and pranayama. Like, what, what about that? Mm-hmm. Um, so the cool thing about breath work, if you, anyone that tries it, you're going to get incredible effects. Like you sit there and do it for 10 minutes. You're going to be like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. What is this? This is delicious. This is a whole nother level. Um, and that's available to everybody. So those experiences are just there if you just so desire them and decide to experience it for yourself, just as a premise. That being said, after the breathwork with Reese, I noticed his breathing capacity was incredibly um, bigger than mine. He could breathe much more. And I was like, oh, interesting. I was like, he's breathing in more life. I'm like, how do I make my breathing better? You know, to breathe in more, to go deeper in my asanas. That was like the early stages of like a competitive thing for me. I was like, oh, cool. You can become better at this, you know? Um, you got to use the ego to transcend it. And I came across Patanjali's book, um, Pranayama. And he is absolutely incredible. I'm sure you could go forever on this. But uh, what I really loved, and this is the first book that was given to me at a restaurant by someone. There's like, oh, hey, you should have this, Right. And pranayama to me meaning, I know, I know, it's so synchronistic. Pranayama to me meaning extending life force. And there's different Goic texts that say we all have the capacity to live to 140 years, but it's dependent upon the quality of our breathing pattern through the, through the existence of our life. So when you're breathing irregularly, that affects your lifespan. But if you're breathing properly, you have access to these 140 years in this lifetime and then every lifetime after that. So... What Patanjali says in this Pranayama book first, he goes, who is the one that is breathing? And I was like, oh, okay, you're going to prime my subconscious like this to come up with new information. It was that like hit me so hard. I was like, all right, who's the one that's breathing? My first answer was, I'm Brian Wood. I got a big heart. I have a lot of love to give. I'm here to like change the world. I'm here to empower others. You know, I was going down that rabbit hole. And then I studied with the Sufi mystics, Shabbat Khan. And the Sufis have a wonderful way of explaining separation. And they say, since there is a sense of self, we are experiencing separation. So what we can do is only move towards oneness. And he doesn't say that we're ever separate from oneness, but he says what we can do that's moral and worthy is move towards oneness. I was like, beautiful. And then he goes into 
your internal state is your external stage. So how are you breathing life today? Are you inhaling it with compassion and kindness and love? Because the way you breathe life is how you're going to exist internally and how you're going to experience the world. I was like, oh, great. I was like, who is the one that is breathing? Oh, I'm not only breathing air, I'm also breathing energy. And this energy is affecting how I'm showing up. Beautiful. And that was like layer one, right? <laughs> it's a lot layer one. Um, and from a psychological perspective, your breath and is the link between your psyche and your soma. So your mind and your body. So you learn early on in breath work, like, oh, this is an incredible way that I can regulate my emotions. I was such an angry kid, let me tell you. And my breathing pattern was not under my conscious control. When you're unconsciously breathing, the part of your brain that is ruled by emotions and fear is also ruling your breath. Mm. Wow. So, so that's why we use, we use breathing techniques to learn different breathing patterns and more importantly, proper breathing patterns to convince ourselves of a full breath. So any external stimuli doesn't actually affect us and doesn't trigger those emotions that then triggers a physiological state. So breath and emotions, beautiful link. Then it goes into, all right, who's the one that is breathing? And this is where it gets really exciting. <laughs> uh, I came across these texts and everything I was reading was breath is, this, breath is the spirit. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I've been breathing spirit this whole time? Mm. <laughs> mm. Whoa. <laughs> um, and that really hit me. And I was like, where, where? and then I, I came across something else. And I realized that I'm actually... I'm actually this vessel for consciousness because when I'm inhaling and exhaling properly, I'm just making space. I'm changing the air pressure from internal and external and I'm allowing the breath to enter me. So I remember I came across this text that said the universe is exhaling you into existence and then inhaling you and drawing you back into your home. And I was like, beautiful. So I'm actually not the one that's breathing. I'm just making space for the breath to enter me, for spirit to breathe me. I was like, that's incredible. That's so beautiful. So I would sit there and I would allow spirit to breathe me. I would just make space. I would feel, I would feel more, take more than I need. And then I would exhale and completely contract. I would just take as much space as I possibly can. And I would just take as little space as I possibly can. I would play with that for hours. Mm -hmm. Sit there on my stomach, sit there on my back. You know the drill. You know, put a block under my legs, <clears throat> use a strap. You love it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you love it. So I would just do that for hours. And then who is the one that is breathing? I am actually spirit itself breathing my body, breathing its consciousness. So when I inhaled myself, I felt myself exhale into the spirit itself as spirit into the essence of oneness. And again, there's nothing to intellectually understand with this, but the breath is the portal. It's the key to these very heightened states of ecstasy. Mm. Wow. That was a lot. And I wonder that, like it was so much to take in as it, as it, as it lands. And I wonder, would you be able to guide us in a three to five minute offering to a breath practice? And I'll just preface, if you're driving, see if you can pull over or pause this podcast and then you can park your car and then click play. And if you are able to, while you're listening to this, just pause what you're doing. Take, take three minutes out of your day and let this transmission Gosh, just soak in your soul. Are you open to that, Brian? I'm so open to it. If you're operating heavy, any heavy equipment, please stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I could just only imagine a bunch of people in trucks just chilling. Oh. All right, let's do this breathing practice. Okay. Um, 
Awesome. So grateful. This is, again, recognize this as a, a wand that I'm passing you. And this wand is how you make it your own and how you create magic with it. So these tools are completely yours to discover. Um, we are just a vessel for these tools. So spine straight, stack your bones, be completely aligned. Swami Rama says, when your body is aligned, you naturally start to pay attention to your breath, which is beautiful. We'll close your eyes here. And first we're gonna do a little bit of awareness training. Your awareness is your inner child. It is your inner God. And wherever you place your awareness in your mind is what you start to experience. So in this moment, allow yourself to feel, allow yourself to imagine. I want you to bring your awareness to the part in your mind where you last experienced being in love. Feel that completely. See his or her face. Smile from the inside at them. Breathe into your heart. Fill yourself up with the sensation. Just recognize your breathing pattern in this moment. How are you breathing? And I want you to transition gracefully. Just imagine a time where you're really excited. Maybe right before listening to Alex's podcast. Super excited. Just feel it. Be there. Maybe it's a time where you're about to perform or speak your truth. Whatever that moment was, be there. Fill your body with this sensation. And just begin to notice your breathing pattern. Is it slow? Is it fast? And we're only going to be here a moment. Just a quick trigger warning. I want you to bring your awareness to a place in your mind where you were last angry, really pissed. Allow yourself to feel, we're only gonna be here for a moment. What triggered you? What did you do? And now just pay attention to your breathing pattern. Big breath in through the nose, exhaling all thoughts from the mind with the breath out the mouth. Release, release, release. So good. And we're going to bring ourselves back to this piece. You're going to place your right hand on your stomach, exhaling through the nose first. The belly button comes in and contracts. And then inhaling through the nose, the stomach expands for five, one two, three, four, five. Exhale, the stomach contracts through the nose. One, two, three, four, five. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. 
exhale, release, come back to your natural breath. Two normal breaths on your own here. Next breath is a three-part breath. We're breathing in through the stomach, breathing into the side body, the ribs go out and up, and then breathing all the way to the top of your chest, right at your thoracic cavity. Again, being this vessel to allow consciousness, which is you, to enter you. Exhaling first through the nose, release. Inhaling in the stomach, inhaling into the ribs, inhaling to the top of the thoracic cavity, and exhaling all at once, release. A couple more times, inhale, 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 and release. Inhale, 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 and release. Last one, inhale, 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 and release. Come back to your natural breath. So good. And we're only here for a couple more breaths, almost done. We're just gonna take a big draw in as if you're drawing the energy from your root all the way to the crown of your head. Your stomach expands, your rib cage expands, your chest expands, all in one breath. Then exhale, just allow everything to drop and soften. Inhale. Exhale. Find that beautiful oscillation. Inhale. And exhale. Last one, biggest breath yet. Listening to the subtle frequency and positive force taking you higher. And higher. And higher. And continue to breathe after your lung capacity ends. We're here for a moment. Feel, receive, and exhale through the mouth, surrender. and just see everything for the first time with no intention behind action or symbolism, just what it is. Mm, welcome back. <laughs> you know, I wonder what your experience is in this part because when you guided us to feel the moment of anger, it's important. And I, I, I believe it's very important to not bypass, right? And to, to address the full spectrum emotional experience that it is to be a soul in a human temporal body, right? And hmm. I had a challenging conversation with someone yesterday and I was so grounded in my body because I was walking Mulaband and I was 
toning my abdominals and I was pulling my energy up as I rooted myself down while accessing my breath. And I'll say that was one moment when I consciously chose to show up. And sometimes when I'm angry, I don't. Because <laughs> uh, I'm in a state of reaction. And I wonder for you, what might you offer to the listeners where now we have this tool, right? Maybe someone's never been guided through a breath practice before. They just got a tool. They just got a transmission. How, what could you offer to said listener, to all of us, the next moment we are triggered, the next moment we are pissed and challenged what to do before we use our most powerful sacrament, which is that of our words. What, what do you have to offer, Brian? Mm. So I'd say this practice, if done regularly, especially when you are initially triggered, you can, uh, what is my breathing pattern associated with this trigger? So you, you use yourself as a science experiment and you realize like, oh, okay, this is what's causing this physiological state, this emotion. Um, so you learn to shift your breathing pattern. And the more you practice like deep, full breaths, the less triggered you get as a byproduct. That's just fact. So when you're doing the breath work in the mornings, there's a good chance that there's probably nothing capable of triggering you throughout the day because you're dropped into that really foundational sense of self. That's my first premise. And then second, when you do get triggered, um, you're, and I take, Alec, I take your stand on this as well. And this is through both extremes where one extreme was, okay, how quickly can I recover to the present? How quickly can I inhibit my emotions? How quickly can I recover to love and not express what I'm feeling? Cause maybe that's not holy. Second expression is, oh wait, my whole body is this incredible instrument. At any time I don't express what's activating in my nervous system, I hold on to that and that actually becomes me. And that's subconsciously dictating my decisions, which will create those samskaras, samskaras that conditioned mind, that karma, for me then to experience more of those experiences that will also trigger me more. So I'm gonna actually allow myself to completely feel. feel. I'm gonna, I'm gonna scream, I'm gonna let it go. Like yesterday I went through a really beautiful heart, heart trauma release mm. and completely you know, self-induced with a partner of mine. And like we went different ways and I was like, oh my gosh, this is such an incredible opportunity to feel my whole heart. It's like, yes, I can't wait to do this. So I sat there, I put on like the most like beautiful songs, Hallelujah, Angel by Sarah McLaughlin. I put on Hero by Enrique Iglesias and I sang it to myself. You know, I, I sat there with my arms open and I breathed into my heart and I felt more than I've ever felt. And I felt all the times I had heart trauma in past relationships and I brought it back to the very first one in this lifetime. And I felt it for the first time completely. And I realized that this manifestation of my experience, I was living in this present moment, directly affects my past and my future because that past is what created this. And this, then the future is what I'm gonna experience again. So if I don't feel what I want it, need to feel right now, it's gonna be relived. And that's not truly liberating love. So I sat there and I felt it completely. I, I screamed, I cried, I loved, I put Survivor on and I danced and I cheered, you know, and I felt it completely. And to release the emotion, is beautiful. But again, you're also getting those uh, neuropeptides, neurotransmitters uh, also releasing in the body. It's creating more of those emotional states. So after you feel what you need to feel and you know when it's over, because anger, it really only lasts two minutes. Hmm. You look at the research. It's a biological state that lasts two minutes. So if you're angry more than two minutes, you're just an angry person. <laughs> like, it's not even... <laughs> All right. So feel what you need to feel, make friends with it, 
Mm. Let it go. And then how can you expand into your most divine, liberated, authentic, greatest becoming self in that present moment and reclaim your power back from that situation? Mm. That's the, my process for that. I love it. You know, and I'd love to add on to it is thankfully the person who I was communicating with is a, is a fairly well communicator. Like I, I deem myself as someone who's a, a solid listener and also knows how to use my words and to articulate, to make the, the bridge of what am I feeling mm-hmm. on either end of the emotional spectrum to putting it out into words for the other person to be open and receptive to. How do I make that happen, right? And I think the most important part when going through anger for me, speaking for myself, is to create a communication with another and do this initial check-in, right? How are you doing? First, like, how's your mind, body, spirit? How's your container right now? How's mine? Mm -hmm. Cool. What's your intention? What's my intention? How are you feeling about that intention? How am I feeling about that intention? We going back and forth before we actually broke down what we both were pissed the F off at. And Mm -hmm. you know what it came came down to? We were both misunderstanding each other. Mm. It was really simple. It's so interesting how anger is just this first layer and how I see in that breath work, I transcended what I was angry about. When you tapped mm-hmm. into, when you had me tap into that, even though it was an old story that I had already let go, I welcomed it back in and I, I was fully with you in the breath and I so, moved beyond it. That to me is the power of, of breath and it's so beautiful. So I wonder for you, how has, when you like, when you've gone through a experience where you feel alone or suffering or you are, I mean, you are like where there's just almost no more hope. Have you ever had a moment like that? And have you been able to have when you didn't feel like there was something, but then you remembered, wait, what if I go into my sadhana? What if I go into my practice and I bring my practice that? Can you speak to that? Because, you know, it, it's, it's and, and before you do that, I, 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 I share that. I love the density and I love the joy. It's important mm. to have this mm. understanding of both. I'm a very optimistic and happy person. I see that for you too. And also, I've gone through challenges in my life, as have our listeners, as have you. And you seem like to me, just even though this is our second true conversation, Bryant, you seem to be someone who feels yourself so truly and so deeply, no matter where it is. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how has your practice and your breath followed you and been with you in the darkest moments? Hmm. We all have those moments. And I would say you become more sensitive on the spiritual journey than then numbed to the density, you actually become more aware of it and you feel more. So even though I'm, I, I'm exponentially happier, I still have, if ungrounded and participating, I still have access to a lot of those experiences. But, you know, we have the, the tools to shift that almost immediately. That's kind of the gift is like, no matter what you're experiencing, you know you can co-create it by using these things in real time to transcend that experience itself. And more importantly, alchemizing it moving that energy, shifting that energy into light. It's not even like staying away from it. It's like, oh, this dense energy, I'm going to like, I'm going to sit with it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to move it. 
Um, and that can be a bliss. That's what I've also noticed. Um, I would say everything on your spiritual journey when you dedicated yourself to it, every single thing on your spiritual journey that contracts your breath, restricts your body, brings you fear, makes you feel pain, hurts your heart, brings you any level of suffering, mind, body, or spirit, is the greatest gift in that present moment for yourself. Because that is a situation or experience that you as a soul, as an infinite being, has hidden your power into, that it's coming up in that present moment for you to reclaim that power back from. It's like climbing a mountain. As you get closer to the mountaintop, it's way easier to fall off. It's a refinement of your consciousness every step of the way. The Buddhists have this philosophy, I think righteously, I speak righteously, and I act righteously. And as you elevate your consciousness, your manifestation powers rise. So anytime you have a negative thought, not only does that thought create a chemical release in your body, it literally manifests that thought in your body, but it also creates a new world for yourself and for others to experience. So you, you have to go through each and every one of your thoughts, you know what I mean? Because you're having negative thoughts. That's what your experience is going to be in totality. Um, for example, if you are, if Alec and I go to a roller coaster and Alec is like incredibly joyful and blissed out and I'm like super scared of roller coasters, Alec's going to get done with the roller coaster and he's going to be freaking blissed out in Shavasana, in corpse pose, just completely calm and peaceful, super stoked. I'm going to be having a panic attack. But that's just because of the mental state that we went into this with. So what mental state are you bringing to each day? How are you ritualizing your mornings, creating that peace before you go to bed to then when you move in the world, being completely unshakable, you know, and then being that catalyst for life for others, because, you know, feel what you want to feel, but also express the love that you want to receive most because that's the biggest gift. Express the love that you want to receive most. Hmm. It's a beautiful statement. You know, I, I, I say it in a way where the capacity at which I love myself is directly mm -hmm. reflective to the capacity at which I can love you. 100%. Hmm. I love it, man. So what's your impact right now? What are you doing in the world? What are you, what are you, what are you creating? I get to plug some projects. Yeah, man. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, cool. Um, I do the, I do the modern Nirvana conference. It's a, uh, it's a community we always want. We wanted it to be like the Disneyland for wellness, um, you know, really help the next generation come up, have like biohacking, meditation, have access to people like Deepak Chopra, Chopra um, Sri Ravi Shankar, Shaman Dura. We've had all these incredible uh, collaborations, some of the top spiritual beings. We have a YouTube channel that, um, you know, spreads breadcrumbs of goodness. And, you know, we're just coming together to, you know, we're doing this annual conference every year. Boom. We're going to invite all of our friends, we're going to invite them to the experience, invite them to the conversation. We're going to bring thought leaders in and um, plant seeds that way. And then outside of that, I am, I do the, you know, breathwork initiations one-on-one, do a lot of workshops. I've taught thousands of people up until this point. It's been so fun, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, it's just like, it's, it, and you know, you know the feeling, it's just incredibly fun. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, I've been really diving into, we're building out a, a kingdom in Costa Rica with my, uh, friend Ion and Shane Mosley. Um, they're absolutely incredible. So we're building like an off the grid kingdom um, for so healers can stay there and, and people can kind of have a refuge. So um, we're, we ask ourselves, how can we dream bigger every day? Not in a sense of material gain, but just impact in general, um, love in general. And then 
you know, I'm very consistent with my practices, everyone that's listening, the masters that you've experienced are no different than you. They just do the practices. Boom. Mm. So tell us more about this kingdom in Costa Rica. When can we expect? Oh man. Yeah. Well, Alec, you're invited. Um, so, you know, it's early stages. We're still buying the land and, you know, permaculture, sustainability, um, you know, conscious living, check your phone at the door, check your clothes at the door. Here's a robe, you know, like, <laughs> there's the ocean. <laughs> The ocean, what do you want? He wants a fruit, he wants a love. He has a mango. He has a mango. Exactly. So, that, you know, that's, that's, and that's been yoga. my too. Totally. It's a yoga. Yeah. I love it, man. That's amazing, bro. And, uh, you know, I loved, uh, you know, I, I met you, I sat, I've heard you for the first time on the House of Clubs. Clubhouse is such a cool app, man. What's your We got to do a room together. We got to do a room on Clubhouse. Hard, man. What's your experience with Clubhouse? Tell, for those who don't know, what is Clubhouse? Clubhouse is a new social media app that allows people to host rooms that are live conversations in real time. Um, so let's say Alec and I are hosting a room on yoga. We are we're moderators, then we can bring up speakers to discuss with the moderators. Maybe we ask questions, maybe it's an open discussion, then there's people in the audience. So if you just want to come in and listen, you have access to that without having, um, having, having the need to speak, or if you're worried about speaking, you don't need to. Um, so it's this really incredible way to, for one, get access to people you wouldn't normally have access to, and then hear deep open conversations, kind of like a live podcast, but then also raise your hand and then go up and ask the question that you want to know. And then it's also cool because other people that have questions, there's kind of like a collective consciousness thing going on. So when you answer one question, everyone gets the information from it. And it's like, it's very healing. That being said, there's so much ego on it and there's so, ego on it. There's so much like, look what I'm doing. This is what, you know, so it's, it's a little exhausting. So if very you do get on the app, there's so many different polarities, drastically different polarities. <sighs> if you're not feeling good when you're listening to the information, if you're not, it's not sparking love or joy, get out of that room. And I would say like, as after you check a couple rooms, team up with some friends, create your own room on something that you want to talk about. Because other than that, it's like taking away your chronic bandwidth and you only have X amount. So you're going to notice that it's like, just like Instagram or other social media, it's going to be taken away from your life, but it does give you the potential to access like incredible people. Like just one example, Alec, if that's okay. I, I led a clubhouse on Tantra and, and, and breath work with my friend, uh, Goddess Ion. And afterwards, this lady comes up to me. She goes, thank you so much. All the information you said it was so perfect timing. I was like, oh, of course. She goes, if you ever come to Mexico, like, lift me up. I was like, I'm going there tomorrow. <laughs> and she goes, I was like, I'm flying to Cancun. She's like, oh, I have a, a, a place in Cancun. She goes, let me send you a car. And I was like, amazing. So she like, she said, pick me up from the airport, brought me to her place in Cancun. She has like all these Picasso paintings. She's just like the most epic, I call her Mama Cancun. She gave me a bag of goodies that, that I had like, uh, matcha, incense, like uh, honey, organic honey, like all the most delicious things. She gave me the bag that sent me a car all the way to Tulum. And I was like, what just happened? Yeah, so that's so that's the power of Clubhouse. Everyone's getting really connected through it. Um, so amazing. So. I was in a room with Elon listening to all the things. It was wild. I was in another room, which was like, I was only there for 30 seconds because I saw it was hilarious. I just have to say, vanilla ice and 50 cent we're having a conversation. 
<laughs> it was hilariously awesome but on a more profound and real note the rooms that you're hosting man you've got so many people and you're bringing such an impact dude it's so cool and i love it and you know, I've, I've been on a few of your rooms when you're leading breathwork practices are beautiful and you know if you if you're curious about how to get in you have to have an invite so Maybe if you DM me or you DM Brian on a good day and we see it and we've got an invite, you might have one waiting for you in your inbox. We got you. I love it, dude. I love it so much. Okay. I want to like reset, almost like we reset the room and just take a deep breath in together and out the mouth. I'm finding our center and connecting the the mind space into our heart space with the movement of the breath as it channels through the central line. Brother Brian, what are you, what what is alive in you right now on the state of the world and uh, where so many are, whether it's, in a state of struggle or in a state of abundance or in a state of thriving or surviving when you feel into our collective consciousness, what are you present to? Mm. The question of how I can serve the world has been in my daily meditations for a long time. When I was a kid, I didn't know how to properly ask that question. When I was a kid, I was like, why is there so much pain in the world? What is going on? Why do some people have and others have not? Why, why do some people, um, why are some people happy? Why are some people miserable? And those questions really irked me as a child. Now I've learned to not feel with, but feel for. Mm. And what is alive in me now is even though I am blissed out into loom, living my best life, having so much fun, I still know that there is an incredible amount of suffering that's existing. And at some level, it's supposed to exist. Yesterday, while I was hanging out in my hammock, I had my friend Michael call me and he goes, my uncle just died from hyperthermia and my dad just got hyperthermia too. And Brian, I don't have any emotions right now. What's going on? And I sat with it with him and I was like, okay, let's feel what we need to feel. And we did some emotional processes and I, I told him to go meditate afterwards. And, and in that moment, what was inspired through source, through me, helped in some little way. And beyond any gain, as I said earlier on in this conversation, beyond, beyond any desire, your ability to be in service, be in compassion, be in a state of love, for the soul that comes across your path is incredibly important because there's nothing by accident at this stage of the journey. So I'm not someone that says you should go seek misery in a state of misery mm. to help it transcend. But all I'm saying is when the opportunity arise, do the best that you can with complete presence to be that for that spirit as if it was yourself. Mm. And if you ever get the inspiration to go do something, do it and know that you'll be completely supported because your mission is bigger than yourself. And that alignment is what life is about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. It's uh, these are, these are, these are the questions. This is the, these are the right questions. Thank you. 
ask. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I love how you spoke to, you've learned the shift from feeling with and, or feeling for and feeling with. And may I share how, what, like what really taught me that Please. I was at a, I was at a, at a, or was I, I was in on native American land at a place called the Oasis. We just got out of a sweat lodge. I was with one of my communities and, you know, um, Dave Sandoval, an amazing nutritionist, world renowned nutritionist. He's, he's well known in the nutritional field. He comes to us and we're just chatting by the fire, you know, after sweat lodge, we just jumped in the cold water and we were talking about compassion and empathy. You know, we're in sweat lodge. We're, we're offering prayers to, to the grandfather stones. And he tells this story on compassion versus empathy on how there's this deep hole and uh, there's a bear down at the bottom of the hole and he's stuck. He like fell down and the ladder's broken and he can't get out of the hole. And he's just like, he's, he's digging himself in a deeper hole emotionally and just beating himself up and self-limiting beliefs are just like ruining his life. Uh, it is raining. It is not a good time. And elk walks on by and looks down and is like, Oh bear, what's, what's going on? What's the matter? And bear tells him all these things about, you know, whatever's going on. And elk is just like, wow, that sucks. <laughs> and that was it. And he was like, you know, I can, I hear you. I feel you. Sucks. Sorry. You know, I'm like, kind of, I'm listening. He edified a little bit, but not really. And he offered his compassion. He's like, I feel for you. I'm, I'm sorry for you. And, um, and elk walked on, but bears still, you know, in his emotional experience. And he's like, well, all right, I guess someone kind of heard me, but not really. And then deer walks by and deer walks by looks down and is like, bear, what are you, what are you doing down in that hole? And bears like, oh, well. You know, it's a deep story. Well, funny joke, but <laughs> and 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 deer goes, Well, let me come down there and, and be with you. So he climbs down the ladder and he's actually in the experience and is like, Wow, you know, this this does suck down here. I am so sorry that you're experiencing this. I'm here with you, but I'm not taking it on. And can I actually show you like how we can get up. Cause I figured out when I came down, like I, I, I went down that journey. So actually I see a route way and bears like, yeah, okay. And so bear follows deer out of this hole. And that's a shift of compassion to empathy is, is being with someone to feel it, to help them see that they're not alone without taking it on deer didn't take it on. He just showed them away. And I, 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 I heard that like four years ago, three years ago, and, and that's mm -hmm. my own rendition of it. And, and I, I, I love that story because when we can truly learn how to be empathetic souls in the world and not take on this or that, we get to ask ourselves, is that mine? Or is it that, that, you know, every night before I go to bed, I say, thank you, guides. Thank you, angels, for severing the cords that bind me to people, places, situations, and things, and anything that pulls me out of this present moment experience. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when I'm pissed off and triggered, you damn right, I say that multiple times in a day until it is true, and I'm breathing through it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so beautiful. <laughs>
<laughs> um, that's a great story. And yes, and empathy from an intuitive medicine perspective is felt in the second chakra mm. um, in your clairsentience. And then compassion is felt in the heart chakra. So you can really just adjust, all right, where is my awareness in my body and where am I feeling from? Am I taking on their energy? Because that's the worst thing that you can do is take on someone's, someone's energy because you're poisoning your own bloodstream with that. When you're breathing into your heart into that state of compassion, okay, I'm not taking you on, but I'm holding space, witnessing space for your healing and from a state of neutrality because the neutra- being neutral is incredibly healing for someone when you see them without trying to fix them. Mm. You'll notice a shift where their aw- awareness will just figure it out for themselves. Mm. Um, so energy and the energetics of intuitive medicine, that's like what I highly recommend. And going back to really being empathetic, I love this. It's because a lot of people say, okay, don't be empathetic because you're taking it on. But really, no one's truly empathetic. No one really wants to take on the thing they're experiencing. They just don't know how to manage their own energy. Mm. And, and the, the texts say, when you are truly empathetic, that's actually a thousand arms of compassion. Um, oh. Wow. I love it. You know, something's coming up for me. It's a little bit of a topic shift just as we enter into the back end of our conversation here. And I'm curious, you know, I believe, especially those who practice yoga, most people who are listening to Yoga Revealed podcast, which thank you so much for listening. We love you. I love you. You're so good. We want to make an impact. We want to impact the world. And I am a believer that to impact the world, to impact beyond just our immediate community, to make a large ripple where I impact one and there's now this residual impact itself. Mm. That, I mean, what's your perspective? I believe it takes money. And for some of us, that's a little hard to come by when it comes to how are we doing this in a global pandemic where, you know, one of my friends says, oh, we're going to be getting stimulus checks forever. It's just going to be not as often as we want, you know? And, and I think there's interesting perspectives around this or that. And when it comes to making an impact from having to pay our bills, put food on the table, save for this and that, and to be able to afford to go somewhere beautiful and then come back and hustle it all over again. You know, when it comes to making an impact, what would you say to those who want to make an impact, who have the money to do it, or want to have the money to do it, or may believe they can't do it? Can you Mm -hmm. give us a download? Mm So if all the money in the world was taken away, what would be left? Mm. Appreciation. Thank you so much for doing this for me. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for appreciating me for doing this for you. Appreciation. So I would say we can all start off in regards to getting to know the current of money to really understand what appreciation means and to be more appreciative. Second, Money is one of the biggest illusions in this reality. So it's, it's a very thought out game that we're all playing. We're playing the bank account game. We're playing the lap game. We're playing the, um, uh, there's, just, there's just so many different things that we've, we, we've hidden little treasures and gems to really learn, okay, what does money mean to me? The good thing about money is when you do focus on it, you will have it, but it's from what state are you focusing on? 
So anytime that you don't have money, you feel it in the back of your skull. It's maybe pulling on your soul. It's like, wow, I need to make money right now. I can't enjoy this moment. Wow, I need to go do this thing right now. I can't enjoy this moment. Wow, I need to go work harder because I can't enjoy this moment. So what's happening is instead of connecting to your spirit, your soul, that gives you access to that super abundance and filling yourself up of yourself, what you're doing is you're making what you lack your God. So what happens is when you lack money, that is what you're focusing on, and then that becomes your God. What you Remember that inner child work we did earlier. Wherever you place your awareness in your mind is what it believes. So what we can do is first drop into that stillness because your circular thought patterns have gotten you to exactly where you are today. And at some degree, if you're not completely inspired in a state of plenty, that hasn't worked for you. <laughs> so when you go into the space in between thoughts, and if you notice every time you think a thought, there's a second there, two seconds maybe, with no thoughts at all, maybe four seconds. There's a space of that silence. And you can read through the thoughts, you can release the thoughts. Um, Swami Rama, one of my famous Himalayan teachers, he always says, rest in the seat of the guru in between the eyes and then throw all thoughts into the fire. You have thoughts that are unknown, that are, that are very deep. You have latent thoughts that come up sometimes. Then you have your regular thoughts you think day to day. When we're meditating, you can just throw the thoughts into the fire and watch each one dissolve. You do this for 30 minutes, you do this for an hour. Every time you have a worry about money, first thing you do, you reclaim your power back from the switch and you go meditate, right? You feel what you need to feel of what comes up in resistance to money. You throw those thoughts in the fire, then you expand, breathe in the energy of what feels your most, like your most expansive self, reclaim your power back from that situation. That's the process you apply every time you have that sensation. And then you go into that silence. And at, as the supercomputer that is your mind, when you ask yourself, how can I make divine money that will bring me so much joy that it doesn't even feel like I'm working in complete servitude to humanity to greater impact the world and empower others themselves? Are you asking those questions to yourself? Because as soon as you do, and as soon as you drop into silence, you have infinite possibilities at your fingertips, but you've given yourself a box to experience your own answers from within, your own authenticity from within, your own purpose and mission from within. And when that is self-discovered, the amount of energy and focus and liberation that you will feel can be directed towards anything. And if you apply what you love to others that love that thing, you'll make a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> give it to god give it to god put it on the mountain mm. Mm. thank you brian beautiful yeah, insight, brother i love it man <sighs> what are you know final final yeah. question bro <laughs> final question I, just, man. I really want to ask you questions that i want to do but um, if you want to ask me a question i got the time man if you got the time you can ask me something okay question is this recorded like video this is video recorded and audio. Oh, good. Because your I will release are... it on YouTube and on the podcast. And it, we're in season four of, of Yoga Revealed over the last five years. And it's the first time where we put out um, um, YouTube. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, great. Oh, cool. Great. Can't wait to share it. Okay. So my question. Hmm. I mean, you're one of the most interesting beings I've come across. Dude, I feel a, a like so. a brother kinship with you. And I'm oh, like, yeah. I wish I were playing in the sunshine with you in Tulum right now. I've never been to Tulum either. I've been all over the world and just not Tulum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Day. 
Here's a question. Sure. Pick a part of your journey from age five to 12 Whoa. and five to 12. Tell, tell us a story of something that's happened to you. And I want to hear the story from the perspective of the child's eyes and then the perspective now as who you are today after all these years of practices. Wow. You know, I'm going to go with the first thing that came to my mind and it's vulnerable. And uh, I will, and I don't know what the lens is from this part, but after I share it, perhaps something will channel through. So um, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, and I am an Indian Jew. My mother is Indian. My dad is a white Jew. My mother was born in India. So I'm first generation America, which is wonderful and lovely. And I love my Indian blood. It really has like, I'm, I have yoga in my, in my lineage and I love it so much. And you know, my, my parents divorced when I was in fourth grade and uh, fourth, fifth grade was a really hard year for me because I was, you know, first year of my parents being divorced and I was held back a grade and I went to Kentucky's number one private school. So it was super bougie and I love nice things. I was raised very privileged and very blessed and went on trips all over. And, you know, I, I got to see the caliber of life that I can live. And at a young age, um, I, I got everything that I wanted. And uh, I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm so blessed with that. And I had a lot of father wounds. I had a lot of parental wounds. And I remember in fourth grade we were in the house 5819 orion road someone else lives there now and that house is super sweet there was four acres in the backyard there was a triangular um uh, formation of willow trees which i have on my ankle which is an experience of its own which i can briefly just go into which i have spoken onto this podcast not recently um it was around a psilocybin trip when i was 19 years old sitting under the willow tree when i first woke up pause that story for another time. And so here I am, I'm in our living room or like office room and there's this um, love seat couch. And I remember I'm like facing the couch and I'm crying and my parents are telling me it's not your fault that we're splitting up. Like, it's not you. It's not you. And I couldn't hear that. Like, how do you tell a fourth grader that? I don't know how old I was. I was in fourth grade. It was like, no, my, my parents, everything I know is, is shattered. Like we have our dog and like, where, where's, where's dad going to go? Where's mom? Who, what? And that was traumatizing for me, you know? And, and I went through high school and Mondays and Wednesdays, I was at my mom's and Tuesdays and Thursdays, I was at my dad's and weekends. I got to do what I want <laughs> and I got to be where I want. I definitely, you know, once ego hit and I was like, Oh, I have my own thoughts and beliefs and I actually don't want to adhere to Judaism or Hinduism or Catholicism. Cause my stepmom was super Catholic. And once yoga came in, it was like, Oh, Ganesha, Jay Ganesha, Jay Hanuman also. <laughs> I'm all about it. And God spirit, I rejected all of it because I had all this force put on me that felt like it wasn't me. And so I took it on that it was my fault for so long because they told me it wasn't, but I took it on that it was. And it became a large part of my story where I, I didn't talk to my father for three years. 
um, right out of high school. And um, I'm not going to share why on here, just but with you, I will offline. Um, and the people who know me and know my story know why I haven't, but my dad and I are good. You know, we've been, we've been fine for the last many years. And I opened my heart to him when I first started practicing yoga. I came out of Ustrasana, this beautiful back bend, camel pose. And I sat down into Virasana, hero's pose, or just flat on my hips. And I watched all my hate and my anger and the uh, feelings I had for my dad mold into forgiveness, into acceptance, and knowing that if I can love him, I can love anyone. So I see this lens of what yoga's taught me to tell that fourth grader little boy that this is, this is, this is the part of your path. I chose this life. I chose these two beings to birth me into the world. And yeah, this sucks right now. And you're going to get through this. It's going to make you a strong, willful, and well-hearted man, an incredible yogi where you don't have to be your father. You don't have to be your mother if you don't want to. And you get to be who you are and pick and choose the qualities of both and either that you resonate with. And so I have. And also, I have had anger management. You know, I mean, and I would grow up going into the house and, uh, you know, when I moved out of the house, my mom was pissed because she would take off the photos off the wall. And what do you know, behind those photos were fist holes in the wall. <laughs> that was how I released energy back then until I had new practices too. So, you know, that, that was the, that was the first thing that really came to me when you said five to 12. Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you, Alec, for sharing. And it's such a testament to your teachings. Mm, thank you. Truly. Thank you. I appreciate it. No one really asks me questions on these podcasts, so I really appreciate it. Can I volunteer myself to interview on you on your own podcast? One of yeah, guys? I would love that. Possible? Okay, cool. That's I want to do that with Andrew. Let's, let's do that. Let's put it after your journey at Lithia, man. That'd be okay. so okay. cool, dude. I love that. Yes. I love it, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> cool. that'll be so much fun dude i love it. all right what are what's a golden nugget man last question what's the golden nugget that you have for listeners as they move through their day as a human as a yogi as a soul what you got one golden nugget one tip You win this game of life when you're able to be yourself. And you're not who you think you are. So exhale the mind through the breath and make space for that consciousness that is you to enter you and express through you because that's how you find out who you are. Mm. gonna let that sit in the heart i love it so much my bro namaste namaskar aloha so much love hallelujah where where can people find you dude um brighton.give on instagram um or find alec and i on our next clubhouse (laughs) yes i love it all right my friends until next time keep practicing yoga We love you. We love you so much. Blessings.
Nogu Revealed. This is Alec Vishal Rubin, and I am so grateful to have your presence, your hearts, and the joy of sharing yoga together. If you want to find Bryant on Instagram, check him out at bryant.give or myself, Alec Love Life Yoga. Send us a message and let us know what you thought about this conversation. We are both rocking Clubhouse. You can DM us to see if we have an invite for you. And if you're already in Clubhouse, come and follow us and make sure to join our future rooms. Every Thursday at 9 a.m. Mountain Time, I'm hosting rooms on yoga. Would love to connect with you in Clubhouse, in person, on the gram. Let us know who you are by sharing your voice and your practice with the world. Until next time, my friends, namaste and love life. everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosa 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAS10. That's S-O-L. D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off.